season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shrigland and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have former Indiana Bulls outfielder, 2023 PFW signee, Nate Simpson, on the JKR Podcast for the Indiana Baseball Series. Nate, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good, man. Um, So thanks for coming on the show. Like I said, pumped to have yeah. you. Uh, but before we get digging into, you know, baseball, before we dig into Avon there, I know you guys are about to you know, hopefully make a deep state playoff run. I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Nate Simpson? You know, I, I like to introduce myself as like a competitor, you know, everything I do, I want to be the best at, you know, working hard, whatever I'm doing, school, baseball, whatever it might be. I just like to put my best foot forward and work as hard as I can at whatever I do. Okay. Awesome. So let's go ahead. Kind of first baseball segment here. Let's dig into travel baseball. No, you played for the Indiana Bulls there growing up when it came to your regular travel baseball career, playing for the Indiana Braves this upcoming summer for their 18U team. Kind of take us through how you got connected with the Bulls, what that experience was like, and then now, you know, going to the Indiana Braves this upcoming summer. You know, as when I was in my younger ages, I was kind of just bouncing around travel teams, started playing travel ball at 10U, never really found like a good home to play for. Then 14U, I started playing for the Indiana Expos, and that was right when I started to play for Avon Baseball as well. And I played with the Expos until I was 16U, and then uh, Coach Droshi, Avon's varsity head coach, asked me, he said, hey, I want you to come try out for the Bulls. We'll see what will work out. And I would have never gotten connected with the Bulls if it wasn't for him. So that really helped me set set my best foot forward. And then I showed up to the Bulls tryouts, and then he gave me a call after, told me he wanted me to play on his team. And that really helped me go to the next level and really took off for me. Okay, so getting that chance to play for the Expos there for a couple of years, playing for the Bulls last summer as well. How would you maybe compare those two programs and how they ran and just, you know, just what, what both of those kind of teams look like? You know, the Expos, it was a lot of fun because I was playing with a bunch of guys that I – some guys from Avon and then a bunch of guys that were around here. 
but it was a bunch of more local tournaments and I got I got lucky and got to play for a really good coach and Kevin Barnhart he was a, he was a lot of fun to play for he really helped me be a better person but what really set me apart was when I went to play for the Bulls getting to play at the next level of tournaments that really set me apart from you know the Expos because I was able to go to more showcase tournaments instead of staying more local so that really helped yeah, I'm sure. And obviously, Indiana Bulls, I mean, they've built a pretty good program here these past couple of years. Yeah. Obviously, have consi- continuous draft picks, continuous guys going to play at that Division One level. Yeah. Are you seeing that day-to-day going to tournament-to-tournament with the Indiana Bulls? What do you think has led to that success? I think what's led to that success was maybe, like, the more competitive guys I was playing around, getting to play. Even that one tournament I played with the, the national team, how those guys go about their business how they, you know, get ready for games, how they prepare, how they even talk to people around them, how they carry themselves. That really showed me what the right thing to do was when I go to every tournament and when I would talk to these coaches and when they would see me on the field, how to have, like, my best attitude because that's really what mattered to me the most and that's what matters to the coaches the most. Yeah, I'm sure. So looking back on it, you know, looking at your time, you know, with the Expos, when you were kind of, you know, a younger kid kind of moving around to different travel programs, going to play for the Bulls there for your final, you know, high school travel baseball summer. Yeah. You know, what are just some of those favorite memories that come to mind? You know, this can be off the field, on the field as well. I know, you know, so I know some teammates like to get into some fun when you guys aren't playing ball. Um, So just what are some of those just favorite, you know, te- favorite travel baseball memories that come to mind when you think about travel baseball? I'd say that almost most most of my travel baseball moments would be anytime I'd go to, you know, Cincinnati for a tournament. Kings Island was always the place to go with the teammates after. It was always a lot of fun. And anytime I get to do that with the team, it was always a highlight of the a highlight of the weekend, but also even a highlight of the summer. And then also just this past summer, probably my my most favorite moment was in that Kokomo tournament, hitting that walk off single against Nitro Gold. That was probably the highlight of my summer because that got us to the championship game. We ended up winning the tournament. So you talked about it earlier, you know, going to the Indiana Braves this upcoming summer to play with some, you know, some guys you played with back when you were, you know, playing your youth baseball. Kind of take us through that decision and what you're looking forward to most of, you know, playing for the Indiana Braves this upcoming summer. I think I'm looking forward to the most of just mainly just have fun. You know, this is my last summer to, you know, play for fun, have some fun with some friends. And like, this will be like the last opportunity for me to get to play with them. Some guys I've, that I've grown up with in high school, but then also there's a few guys on the team that I've known since I was six, seven years old. Getting that opportunity to play with them one last time will be a lot of fun. Yeah. So when it comes to relationships, and this can be this can be a two-parter question here. So on the coaching side of things, on the you know teammate side of things, what are some of those relationships you were able to build with your time with the Expos, your time with the Indiana Bulls? Just what do some of those relationships look like with some of your coaches and some you know your former teammates? You know, getting to play for the Expos for a couple of years, I got to really form a good relationship with most of the coaches in the organization, mainly Coach Barnhart. He was really good at helping me be a better person. He really helped me with my attitude and how I need to carry myself throughout each and every day, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And then also getting to grow closer to some of those guys I played, I play with now who are on Avon's team, but then also when I go and play Zionsville, there's some kids on that team that I used to play with. And even other schools, when I play against them, still having that friendship and getting to talk to them after the game, it's always good. 
And then playing with the Bulls, you know, those coaches, they were the best of the best, and they really helped me every day just to be a better person. And even the teammates, just more competitive environment showed me what was the right thing to do. I'm sure. So you talk about those friendships, you know, when you're playing Zionsville or some of those other Indianapolis-based uh, high school teams there in the spring. I know playing for two state teams in the Expos and the Indiana Bulls, I'm sure when you're playing your spring schedule, I'm pretty sure probably, you know, almost every game you're playing, yeah. with your former teammates with the Bulls or Expos, what's that like, you know, going up against them, you know, having to go from friend to opponent there for a couple of hours, you know, what's that like? And, you know, what are those conversations like after those games? You know, it's always a lot of fun getting to play a former teammate because you kind of know what what they're capable of, and they also know what you're capable of. So it's it's how can you outperform the other person, but also the other team, and then you can kind of laugh it off after, and then you kind of just move on from there. And it's always good to you know catch up with some of those guys after the game and get to talk to them. And it is right, like almost every team I've played, you know, there's always going to be somebody on that team I know, whether it's from playing with them or. You know, even from, you know, your event, the Battle of Indiana, getting to talk to some of those other guys there, that was a lot of – it's a lot of fun getting to compete against them, but then, you know, getting to laugh it off after. So let's go ahead. Let's stay on the topic of high school baseball. Kind of take yeah. us through, you know, starting, I'm sure, your sophomore year, your junior year, and, you know, going into the senior year as well. Kind of take us through your high school career there at Avon and, you know, how this senior season has been like so far. Yeah, so going into my sophomore year, of course, I didn't, I wasn't – Granted, a freshman year because of COVID. So sophomore year kind of started. I was it was pretty much brand new into the program. We go into the Center Grove scrimmage that we always had every single year at the start, and I actually got very, very lucky because one of our starting outfielders was out with COVID, which also like quarantined most of our other outfield. So some of the J JD guys got opportunities, and I was one of them. And I kind of ste I stepped up that day, went one for three at the plate with a double. And Drosh had a talk with me after, and he just he told me that I was going to stay up with varsity. And I kind of just – I kept performing that year and hitting the leadoff spot as a sophomore in an order that was – had 13 seniors on the team. And then junior year, I, I knew we lost a lot, so I knew we were going to be a lot younger. I knew I had to start to step up maybe with power or just my average getting on base, figuring out ways to help our team be – as successful as possible and yes last year was definitely like an in-between year because we were a lot younger guys didn't have the varsity at bats the varsity play appearances yet and then this year being a senior you know just being a leader leading by example hitting the leadoff spot again just getting on base so that way my teammates can try and drive me in and that's really helped us a lot by leading leading off games with a good at bat even if I don't get on base yeah. Seeing a lot of pitches, providing a good example for the rest of the order. I'm sure. So throwing it back there to your sophomore year, making that varsity debut against Center Grove. I'm sure you guys' spring schedule is pretty packed when it comes to teams like Center Grove, maybe Mooresville thrown in there as well, or just all those just, you know, top tier 4A programs that are consistently in that state championship run. If you could, if you could kind of explain what nor what Indianapolis baseball competition looks like. What does that look like? You know, what are you facing on that day-to-day -day basis? Talk about just that Indiana baseball competition. You know, I think the competition and schedule we play is by far one of the best in the state. We're seeing 90 a 90 mile an hour arm every single every single week, at least once. 
And I know going into every single night, I have to have a good plan at the plate because I'm probably only going to see one pitch per at bat that I can do something with. And I got to make sure I get that opportunity and put the best swing on it that I can. Okay. And especially as a sophomore being, I was, I was definitely smaller than I am now. So I was probably only about 150 pound little sophomore and seeing a 90 plus arm for the first time caught me off guard a little bit, but I kept working at it and figured out ways to get on base and, set the example for the rest of the order, which was majority seniors. So it was it was also probably weird for other teams to see a little sophomore at the top of an order with seniors behind them. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, going through your sophomore, junior, and senior year this year as well, facing up against those guys, you know, once a week th- facing a guy who's throwing 90 miles an hour, if you had to choose who that toughest pitcher that you've had to face so far in your high school career, who is that toughest pitcher in Indiana? I would say the toughest pitcher I faced was probably Jack Brown, just because he's throwing 93, sometimes 94 miles an hour. That ball's moving however much, 10 to 12 inches, who who knows. And, I mean, most of these guys, they throw velocity. It's pretty much – it's pretty straight most of the time because they're throwing it and not, not pitching it. And Jack Brown's really a good pitcher. He's probably a top – in my opinion, a top three pitcher in the state. I mean, he's – led Fishers for as a freshman and sophomore and now he's leading them as a junior on the mound and he's just he's always been a tough tough guy to face for me yeah so being that leadoff guy there as a sophomore going through a ju- your junior year as well where you were kind of one of the only returning players on that team to now how have you maybe stepped up as a leader I know you said you like to lead by example but how have you stepped up as a leader maybe leading some of these other guys being that senior but also being that division one baseball co- commit as well you know, I really like to show guys just because they're in like one spot in the order doesn't mean like they every spot in the order has a certain job that they need to do. And getting on base is almost the most important thing. But in some parts of the order, you could put your best swing off and not get on base, but you drive in a run. That's like everybody else has a different job on the team. And that's what some some guys like needed help with. But also and then in the field, maybe not when we're up four or five runs, maybe just worrying about getting outs, not making that extra throw to the plate just to try and get the run out, you know, just playing smarter baseball, just keeping guys like shorter on one base instead of two simple things like that, that maybe like you could get away with in a travel ball game. But in high school, it really matters that you keep guys to the least amount of bases as possible. Yeah. So we're going up on sectional week. You said you guys are playing. I think it was Wednesday. I think that's what you said. Uh, what are those yeah. expectations for, you know, this sectional, maybe a potential state playoff run for Avon High School as well? Just what are some of those expectations here for your final games playing for Avon? You know, we're just going to put our best foot forward every single game. We're, our best guys will be on the mound. Our best lineup will be in the field and hitting. You know, we're just going to win every game, one game at a time. Go, worry about the first game first and then, Whatever's next, we'll figure out after that. But we got to put our best foot forward for the seven innings that we have in front of us, and then we'll worry about what's next after that. Okay. So as your high school, I, I mean, as your high school career, you know, kind of winds down back to those, you know, final couple games, now do or die in that state playoff run, looking back on it, just what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind? Obviously, you know, freshman year cut short because of COVID, but then your sophomore year, you know, getting that varsity debut against Center Grove, going through and just – going through three full years of varsity baseball here in the state, just what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of high school baseball there at Avon? 
You know, one of my favorite memories is definitely my brother. He was actually a senior my sophomore year. So getting to play the outfield with him was a lot of fun. And getting the opportunity to play with him when I didn't think I was going to, that was probably one of my favorite moments. But then also uh, my junior year, you know, getting getting to hit in the lineup with one of the best hitters in Avon history, Joe Huffman, who hit 10 home runs, getting to hit in front of him, seeing how he goes about his business, being a teammate, that was a lot of fun. And then now the senior year, getting to play with a bunch of the younger guys and hitting a home run against Zionsville that boosted us to a win uh, two weeks ago. That was a big moment in our season. And, yeah, that was probably some of my favorite memories. Okay. So as this season keeps going and you guys get closer and closer to your time there with the Indiana Braves, you know, whenever that is, hopefully it's not till four or five weeks down the road after yeah. the victory field, you know, maybe get maybe get you guys selves a ring. Um, but, you know, what's his plan for this summer beyond the Braves? When are you planning on getting to Fort Wayne to, you know, maybe get on campus early? I know some schools do that. But, you know, what's his plan beyond high school baseball, beyond, you know, playing for the Braves there for a couple of tournaments as well? What's his plan for the summer? You know, my biggest plan for the summer is to keep getting stronger. I need, I know I need to gain weight to kind of set my best foot forward for when I get to college and hopefully move into uh, Purdue Fort Wayne somewhere in the middle of August with at least another 15 pounds put on. So that way I'll be at almost to my best form when I get there because I know getting stronger is what I need to do because I feel like I have everything else, but I just need to continue to put that weight on. So that way I will be able to compete with some of those guys as a freshman and hopefully earn my spot to get an opportunity. So being that PFW signing, let's go ahead. Let's dig into that recruiting process. Kind of what landed you there at Purdue Fort Wayne? Take us through the beginning. You know, when was it that that recruiting process kind of got started for you? You know, when was it that Division One teams kind of started reaching out? It first, really started I, and I want to say it was a Fisher series last spring as a junior. We were at Fisher's facing Jack Brown and Fisher's and. Uh, Coach Beamer, who was actually with Ball State at the time, had reached out to me and said he was going to be at the game, come watch me play. And, you know, I I had struggled that day at the plate. It wasn't. It definitely was probably one of my worst days at the plate. But then uh, knowing that I had a good attitude, kept my head up, made, made some good plays in the field. We ended up having a conversation after. It was a great conversation. And that really showed me that as long as I keep my attitude in check and I continue to keep a positive mindset throughout how I play, the results don't matter. And that's what I that's what I looked at for the rest of the year. And then over the summer, I think it was the second week or it was the third week of June when we were playing in Kokomo for the summer championships. I was having one of my best weekends at the plate. It was after a three hit game against Indiana Elite Black and uh, Coach McNeil reached out to me and said he really liked how I played. He asked for my number, and then we had a good conversation after that. And a couple of days later, he ended up – we ended up having a good phone call. And I, we actually went to Georgia for the WWBA. And then when I came back, I went on a visit, and that's really what – and then I really got to see what the campus was about, and that really set them apart from every other school for me. Okay. Okay, so as you're comparing PFW to some of those other schools going on that visit – you know, what were some of those key things that you were looking for, you know, within that campus when you were you know, driving up to Fort Wayne or within the coaching staff or within just the school in general? What were some of those key things that you were looking for? 
You know, the biggest thing for me was going to a program that really wanted me for who I am and not just me as a, seeing me as another player to come into their program. I want to go somewhere that I can make an impact as soon as possible, however that may look, to get to play for coaches who want me there as a person. And that really was what set them apart. I, I really liked Coach Driver and Coach McNeil getting to talk to them on my visit, also seeing how nice the campus was, but also still being able to be close to home was really important to me. So you said, you know, you're always having great conversations there with that PFW coaching staff, had a great combo there when Coach Beamer, who was at Ball State at the time, came and talked to you as well. You know, just kind of take us through what those initial conversations kind of look like through that recruiting process. Like are most coaches kind of going about it the same way? Maybe what are some questions that they're asking you? Kind of take us through what, you know, just what those initial conversations are kind of looking like. You know, some of my first initial conversations with coaches, they were more baseball related, you know, mostly just baseball questions. But then what set Purdue Fort Wayne apart is they really, they asked me some questions about my personal life. They asked me questions about stuff I do outside of baseball, you know, how I am in the classroom, other stuff like that. And that really showed that they cared for me as a person more than just a player. And that really set them apart and having converse, good conversations with them over and over again to really build my character through me, but also with them really showed why they are number one for me. Okay. So having a pretty good relationship with that PFW coaching staff, you know, before you committing, going through that phone call, going through a couple of those initial conversations, how has that relationship kind of built, kind of evolved since you've committed, you know, signed there in probably, what was it, November, October, whenever it was, um, just yeah. how that relationship kind of evolved here this passing, you know, nine, 10 months, you know, right before you're getting there to campus. It's, it's definitely gotten better by me going up there. I went up there in the fall and watched them play. I got to speak with the coaches. And it was it was kind of a nerve-wracking experience for me because I was actually in a cast at the time, so I didn't really know how to, how to introduce myself being hurt. But they understood that injuries are just a part of the game. And that really showed another reason that they cared for me more as a person than just a player. And then, you know, just getting having those conversations after games – them asking me how I did, you know, reflecting on games and them tell, them talking to me about what I can do better with my approach, with how I'm playing in the field, stuff like that, before I even get up there. So that way I'm, I put my best foot forward when I get up there. Okay, so with you being an in-state kid, I know PFW recruits pretty heavily within the state. What are some of those relationships you have with maybe guys in that 2023 signing class, maybe some guys who are there already, or even some 2024 commits if there are some at this moment? Um, just what are some of those relationships you have with some of your future Mastodon teammates? You know, a couple of the Center Grove kids that are committed there, uh, Grant Salvo I'm really good friends with. Uh, we did hit club at Pro X last year as a junior. I, I was around him a lot. And then playing against them a couple of times over the summer, we, we've stayed pretty close. And it was a lot of fun playing against him. And then Caden Cornett, I actually played a tournament with him. When we went to Cincinnati, he pitched for us. It was good to kind of talk to him. That was before he committed to Purdue Fort Wayne, but it was still good to build at least a little bit of a relationship with him and Grant beforehand. Yeah. So with you committing, what you said, was it late summer or fall? fall? Was that around the time you committed? Middle, middle of July. Middle of July. Okay. So, you know, with you yeah. going through this 
high school, this high school spring is the first spring of you actually being, you know, division one commit division one signee. Have you seen, you know, maybe some opponents that you're in your high school schedule treat you a little bit differently, maybe chirping at you a little bit. I know sometimes that happens after, you know, you commit to go play at the next level. Have you seen anything like that? Yeah, I have. And, you know, the best way to interact with it is just, you know, laugh it off or just let it go. I mean, it's not, I don't want to let it bother me, but the big thing I've noticed is teams are pitching me a little more differently. They're, they're going to let the, let the guys behind me do something instead of let me, you know, hurt them. Seeing a lot of pitches away instead of middle or inside. That's the big thing I've noticed when playing teams, especially in my conference, but even other teams that have scouted us out or came and watched us play. So looking back on it, you know, with you, you know, now already being signed, you know, you're just a couple months away from actually getting to Fort Wayne. What would be that advice you have for a new player, let's say, you know, a sophomore, junior, about to go through that recruiting process, what would be that advice for them? The biggest thing for me, which is what kind of humbled me, kept me, you know, on the, on a level page, was just to be patient. Like, everybody's process is completely different. My process, it went from zero to 100 in about three months. And without playing for the Bulls, I don't know where I would be because if I never played for the Bulls, I wouldn't have been seen in those tournaments playing with, a better competitive environment, playing with some other Division One guys, that was what set me forward. And if you get the chance to play for the Bulls, I would 100% take that opportunity, no matter how many seasons you get to play for them. Okay. All right. So last baseball segment here for you. Like I said, I like to dig it. In. I like to dig into your actually on the field play. I know you are listed as an outfielder. I personally have only gotten the chance to see you play that one game there in Kokomo. Saw you hit there at Battle of Indiana. So I really don't have that great a scouting report on me. Kind of give me the breakdown. Where do you see your see? Where do you see yourself playing when it comes to the outfield spot? You more of a center field guy, corner outfield. Kind of take us through what that looks like fielding wise. You know, I'm definitely more of a center fielder than anything. I've always just been natural, like, in center field. I see the, Seeing the ball off the bat a lot better. I can play the corner outfield, but that's really just where I fall in with Avon's program and then also playing for my Expos teams and then playing for the Bulls as well. And center field has really been where I fit. And same with in the order, leadoff spots always kind of been where I've fallen in the order. I can hit in other spots, but – Having my approach as, as leadoff, I mean, I've always had experience hitting leadoff, so approach has never really been an issue for me. Okay. I was assuming it was going to be center field with you being that leadoff guy, but I just wanted to double check. Um, So with you being that leadoff guy, yeah. through, you know, what that approach is looking like, I'm sure it's probably a little bit differently when you are leading off that game compared to, let's say, maybe you're due up second in the third, what, whatever it happens to be. Kind of take us yeah. through what that hitting approach looks like, you know, what's going through your mind when you're starting off that game, but also when you're getting your second, third, fourth at-bats in a game. Kind of take us through those approaches. You know, first thing for me, it always depends on what kind of velocity we're seeing or what kind of handed pitching we see. Because I usually, especially when we see velocity, I'm looking to do do some damage left center gap or right right over the third baseman's head. Something to, for me to keep my front side on, stay through to the opposite gap. Now, when I see lefties, I like to look for something out over the inner part of the plate that they leave that they leave up, and that way I can pull something. And as a leadoff hitter, I, I'm always looking, even first pitch, to do some damage. Like I don't want to see some pitches and be too patient because I know most of the time one pitch is the best opportunity and I'm not going to see many things better than 
one pitch, and usually that's that first pitch fastball that teams are going to throw me. Yeah. So with the importance of a leadoff guy to, you know, try to get on base, not strike out much, for you, how does that yeah. approach kind of change when it comes to two strikes? How have you kind of maybe evolved the two-strike approach? What does that look like, and how does that, you know, differ from your actual, you know, actual hitting approach? You know, I've always been uh, less than two strikes. I've always been a natural leg kick guy. I've always feel like that's how my weight transfers the best. But then when I get to two strikes, I spread my feet out as much as I can. I kind of take my load away in my legs. It's kind of just a turn of the hip and a load of the hands. So that way I'm seeing the ball longer. I'm able to see the spin out of the hand a little bit better. I'm able to see fastballs diving away from me a little bit better. And I also stand on top of the plate with two strikes to take away the outside corner, even sometimes the the chalk line if that's what I've got to protect. And if they if they beat me inside, I, I can either turn on it or if I – you know, get jammed a little bit. I tip my cap because I let them beat me inside and I wasn't going to get beat out over the plate. Okay. So moving from approach to kind of on the mechanic side of things, take us through your mechanics as well from that load up to that follow through, what that kind of looks like and how maybe that's evolved here as you've gotten a little bit older and, you know, getting adjusted to that better and better competition you're you're, you're uh, continuously facing. You know, my, my mechanics have always been like, I've always relied a lot on my hands and getting my hands to the ball. I've always been okay with my hand speed. My hand-eye coordination has always been pretty good. And now once I've gotten older and stronger and I know I have a little more power, I just worry about getting my shoulders on plane with the ball as early as possible, followed up uh, followed up by my legs, getting my legs there first, and then my shoulder will follow that. If I can get my legs and my shoulders down to a ball, I know my hands will get through the zone. And I'll, I'll at least hit a gap and maybe be on second base. Okay. But yeah, I like to stay from right center to left center for most of the game. Okay, so looking at your game's entirety, obviously with you being a leadoff guy, let's dig into your base running a little bit, dig into your hitting and your fielding. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? We'll start with hitting. I mean, hitting, I definitely, first time through the order, I like to – Stay in the middle of the field. See, either see some pitches, or if he leaves me a fastball out over the plate, I'm looking to do some damage. And then uh, staying in between the gaps, more velocity. I'd like to stay from the middle to the left side of the field, so that way I'm seeing the ball longer. I'm staying on the ball and not pulling off. And then when it comes to base running, I I like to steal bags. I mean, stealing second or stealing second's a little harder for me than stealing third, in my opinion. I like to get that walking lead off of second base to steal third, and then um, of course in the field, I like to just I basically just read everything off of how the wind's playing. If the wind's blowing out to right, I'm going to play five to ten feet to the to the right side of the bag, toward right field, make people hit the left center gap, and then vice versa. Like if if it's blowing out to left, I'll play the left side of the bag. Just hope that they don't hit the right side of the bag. If they do, it's going to come back to me. And I also just read the hitter's swings if I need to play in or back. Just try and judge it the best I can. So digging into the development of your game, you know, as you go through this summer playing for the Braves, you get to Fort Wayne and go with that PFW coaching staff. What are some of those key things that you're wanting to focus on within your development, whether that's defense, offense, base running, whatever? What are a couple of those things you're wanting to work on within your development? I'd say the biggest thing for me is to just continue to get stronger um, physically. And then that'll kind of 
carry over into arm strength, getting a better arm from the outfield. That's always been like my weakest link is my arm from the outfield. And it's not, it's pretty much, it's about average, but I know I can, if I ramp it up, I can maybe transition into a corner outfielder, maybe play the corners in college. I, I know I could still play the corners, but I definitely would need to get my arm strength higher to get those balls to the plate or other bases in certain situations. Okay. All right. So obviously where you're at within your baseball career right now, you know, playing for a good high school program there, being a division one commit, I'm sure you have a ton of people who have been very influential within your, within your baseball career. But if you had to choose two to three people who have been the most influential, who would those couple people be? And what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? I would say the, the person who's been the most influential has definitely been my dad. My dad has always been somebody I've been able to work with. He played baseball in college, so he kind of knew what he was talking about. I, he, he coached me at a younger age, and once I started to play for the Expos, he would still work work with me four or five times a week, always looking to improve my swing. And I can give him a lot of props for all my successes because he has helped me so much, no matter what it's looked like, if he's helping me in the cage or at least taking me to a facility to get work in, no matter where it is. And another guy that's been – very influential to me is uh, Coach Droshi, who really, really gave me the opportunity to play for the Bulls. Because without that, I would I would not be able to have the opportunity I will have next year. And then getting to play for Coach Barnhart with the Expos, who showed me how to be a better person. Okay. All right. So last segment here for you. Like I said, I call this rapid fire, but most of the, <clears throat> mostly just you know digging into the stuff beyond the game of baseball. First question here. Passions beyond baseball. What are some of those things you 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 enjoy doing? Maybe some hobbies. You're trying to get your mind off the game of baseball. Maybe cope with some stress. Whatever happens to be. What are some of those passions you have beyond the game of baseball? I'd say some of the passions I have. I've I've recently started to pick up on golf a little bit. Started. I'm gonna probably play a decent amount of golf this summer with my older brother. That's something I've started to pick up on a little bit. And then when uh, COVID hit, I picked up on fishing a little bit, uh, just going outside and just fishing in a pond, you know, for like an hour or two hours, however long it is. It's it's relaxing. It's usually a lot of fun. And then another thing, I mean, I'm playing video games with some of my friends, getting for a couple hours a night, just taking our mind off something and having a good laugh, playing something for fun. You know, it's it's always a lot of fun. Okay. So what's, what's that go-to video game? And then on the golf side of things, <laughs> I've always heard this rumor, and I personally did not golf until my baseball career was over because I always heard playing golf messes with your baseball swing. Do you think that's true? Do you think that's a myth? And then your favorite uh, video game as well. Well, my dad's always he's, – he's actually told me that too, that my golf swing will mess with my baseball swing. I haven't really noticed it. I mean, I have – I just started picking it up last fall, played a couple times in the fall with my brother, and then we're, we're just going to pick it up after my high school season's over for the summer kind of play a little bit and my favorite video game right now has got to be MLB the show right when MLB the show the new games come out I'm always on top of it playing that I'll play NBA 2k as well for a little bit and then Call of Duty those are like my top three okay so what's your what's your go-to mode there on road to the I mean on uh MLB the show I was always a big franchise guy um what's your favorite uh is it Diamond, Diamond Dynasty road to the show what is it I'm definitely a big Diamond Dynasty guy. I just like the, the competition of playing online and then just getting to build my team and getting to play with some of those fun cards. That's always a lot of fun. Okay. What, just what, playing the different modes. What's your team looking like right now? 
My team's actually pretty good. I haven't I've been a little behind on, you know, some of the offline grinding doing the doing the missions and all that stuff, but it's pretty much all diamonds and then I got I just actually got a ninety nine Ken Griffey Junior card, which he's actually my favorite player of all time. So I had to get his card when I knew it was in the game. Of course, of course. Uh but no. So I got a couple more questions here for you, then we'll go ahead and end it off. On the motivation side of things, you know, what is it just internally internally that helps you, you know, get out of bed every morning, helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person as well? Just what are some of those internal motivations that you have? You know, the thing that motivates me the most is I kind of – my dad, he, he always motivated me when I was younger. and He was one that kind of had the driving force to get me to love the game of baseball. And now every day I wake up and I – now I'm going to be a better version of myself each and every day by just getting up and going to school, working hard, and then going to practice or game after or whatever it looks like, going to get extra swings, getting a lift in, just being a better version of myself than I was the day before. Okay, so digging into that motivation question just a little bit more, you know, perfect picture down the road, 20 years. What is that? So 20 – 2043, you'll be around 38, 39 years old. Perfect picture. You continuously get better on the day-to-day basis. What does that perfect picture of your life look like 20 years down the road? You know, I I hope that I'm I'm stable in money. I mean, whatever that looks like, if I'm in a playing career uh, or if I have a good job, I, I'd like to get into sports marketing when I get into college. That was kind of the thing I was most interested in. Now, most people, their majors change, and I know that, so I'm just going to go start with one place, and if it takes me to a different place, go from there. Then in 20 years, hopefully just, you know, have a nice, stable life, be able to take those fun vacations with family, friends, whatever that looks like, then to also still get still get to be around the game, coaching, whether that's playing, coaching, or just giving lessons to kids to give them my experiences, but also, like, help them be better players. Okay. All right. So my final two questions, I'll go ahead and just ask them back to back. So go to playlist. Let's say you got a long drive. I know Avon to Fort. I'm from Fort Wayne. So I know, I know that drive up 465, 69. I know that's, that's not a short trip. So what is that go to playlist on um, just on a long road trip like that? You know, genre singer, however you want to take that, however you want to take that question. What is it? And then final question, dream NIL brand. So you get to PFW, get the opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What is that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, partner with, whatever it happens to be? What would be that dream NIL brand? Well, first thing would be if if I had to choose a playlist, I'm a big like just rap, hip hop guy. That's I, I'm into that, but also, you know, country I like too. So I'd probably just either choose like something on Spotify that's I mean, rap caviar is usually the easiest thing. I can just click on that and just let it play and definitely my dream nil brand would be adidas i mean i'm a big ultra boost fan ultra boost are probably my favorite shoe i think they're they're just like the most simplistic and also one of the most comfortable everyday shoes i i've owned a lot of those so that's that would probably be my dream nil brand would be adidas okay there we go well man that's the last question here on the jcare podcast Really appreciate you coming on the show. I want to wish you the best of luck as you guys, you know, start sectional play this week. Hopefully, like I said, make that long playoff run. Go to Victory Field. Get your get yourself some get yourselves a ring. Um, just you know, best of luck with that. Best of luck once you get to PFW and get into that next level, man. Best of luck the rest of your career. 
Um, but no, man, just like I said, just just thanks for coming on the J Care podcast. I do really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.